Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Lucy. In the year 2014, people only use 10% of their brain if they're in like car accidents and stuff. In the year 2021, people use what, 10% of their brains? No, that's um, people. Well, you use it all. You just yeah. use very. You, you, I, 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 okay, I already know this argument that you use all your brain, just that you don't use it all at once because yeah, it does different stuff. <laughs> it's like you, if you're, you know, in a factory, you and you're the only person in the factory. You only use like a few things at once. Yeah. <laughs> so this, we're right at the start. It's just starting from a wrong premise. <laughs> but no, I think the idea is to use 100% of your brain synchronously. You're using all of it at the same time. She basically grew up new brain, so it's like it's the potential of what a brain can be. Yeah, the brain kind of gets bigger, so does that but mean like, there's what? a new 100%? Because now you're yeah. using 1% of that giant brain. Percentages the don't make brain. sense in this context. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Lucy, yes. 2014's Lucy. This is Luke. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sanctuary, where... Some idiots pretend they're smart, just like this film. <laughs> <laughs> so the afterglow, the fifth element, does not does not follow you into this one. It didn't, apart from the fact that it randomly moved part of the story to France and had some French actors. It didn't feel very Luc Besson. Yeah, okay. Like it's not that stylish. It's more just the one that the so I saw it in the theater. Mm. Um, but the one thing I, I asked you when you were looking at my notes, do you know Klingon Scotsy? Mm. Which is a, I think it's 1983 documentary, no actors, no characters, no narration. It's just uh, Philip Glass music and images. Mm. And um, it, it, this movie borrows some from that. And that, it, they, it looks nice in this movie. I mean, I'm, I'm like, oh, they're just ripping off Klingon Scotsy. But, you know, it's, it's cool images, so. It's, this is good in the way that like the tech demo that comes with windows movie maker is good <laughs> <laughs> like when you're at the electronic store and they're showing you the new tv new tv it's like here's a leopard here's some water Ooh, imagery <laughs> <laughs> yeah may maybe i like nature documentaries more as i, I like nature documentaries but again like showing images for a reason to tell you stuff <laughs> <laughs> This shows what all the the murders or whatever. That's kind of fun all at once. Um, yeah. But um, was this your first viewing? Yes. Okay. Um, I'd heard basically only bad things about this <laughs> film. <laughs> so you're the first person I've met who's been like, even suggested it's worth watching. <laughs> I have a weird fascination with this film. I'm not sure why. Maybe we'll work that out in this podcast. Like okay. I came out of the theater knowing that wasn't a very good movie. Right. But it's still something about it did grab me. 
Okay. So, and and I, I did suggest where we do movies that are considered crap that we legit like. That, and yeah. I didn't save this for that, right? Okay. Because it is an interesting, you know, place to begin your, your this, It's not like... Like, we've watched bad films. This isn't that. <laughs> this is just like... Like I said at the start, it's just a film which is very dumb, but wants you to think it's very smart. <laughs> so I can see why this rubs people the wrong way. I think it touches on some good concepts in, in, in a very ham-fisted way. It's not, again, mm -hmm. it's not doing it smartly, but, you know, the, um, I guess the self-actualization of yourself. Now, of course, she does it through weird, you know, sci-fi drugs, but the idea of actually being able to, you know, open your mind, man, like, you know, I, it, most movies don't really get into that. Opening your mind as a movie is suddenly, you know, the reveal of the twist. Yeah. So th that's not this movie. I mean, it has a stupid twist at the end that doesn't make sense, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> It's not even a twist. It's just the inevitable thing that she's moving towards for the whole film. Okay, well, that's yeah. cool, too. The inevitable <laughs> thing she's, she's moving towards for the whole film. <laughs> so, But th the point is, it's not like a twist mind-blower sort of thing. No, it's no, like no. just the concept. Um, and, yeah, it's got all the, the just action movie trash added on top of that with insane mobsters and maybe this movie is like my dreams or something that it's, might be it it is it's not it's like a dream in the sense that it's just stuff is just shoved in there <laughs> <laughs> it's just like well we gotta have some bad guys we're gonna throw some bad guys in cause you know no one's gonna go and watch a film about enlightenment unless there's like kung fu and guns <laughs> yeah I mean uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was about to say I had just done the movie uh, Kundun, right? But I'm like, well, they actually did have guns in that still. <laughs> so that doesn't quite count. Um, th that's a movie that also borrows a lot of imagery from Koyaskatsi. Okay. Um, but that was directed by Martin Scorsese as well. Roger Deakins doing cinematography. Pretty class. I don't know who what Lucasson's um, crew's like, so, I mean... I've only seen, like... One of one film every ten years from him, <laughs> so because I watched like of his films, all I've seen is um, Leon, Fifth Element, and Lucy, and there's like a decade in between each one. Yeah, so I also um, I started watching Valerian a mm. year or two ago, and I, I think I even came in and just said to you, I I think my brain exploded. I'm not going to continue this one. <laughs> I, I might get back to it sometime, but that one was just like totally whack. Right. <laughs> I was like based on a comic book and stuff, so I kind of do want to see it at some point. But maybe this one's like like listening to a drunken llama well, preach who's really into action movies. The thing which you've said, which definitely is the saving grace of this film, is it's so tight. Yeah, it's only ninety minutes, and it feels even shorter. Yeah. You're like, wait, we're finished already? Like, kind of like Men in Black, you know? I mean, yep. Men in Black's a much better film, but this one, like, even if it's not that great, it definitely breezes by. So you mm. got to give it that, if nothing else. Because it came out in 2014, so you can imagine the version of this film where it's like two and a half hours long and <laughs> really thinks, like, like, really pretentiously drags out its ideas and stuff. It's not quite the movie twin. You know, movies sometimes have their twins, right? Yeah. It's not quite the movie twin, but I, I think Limitless also came out around I was this thinking time. this is very Limitless. Yeah, it's not quite like Prestige and Illusionist or something, but it is very... 
Oh, they're both about someone takes a drug that makes their brain better, right? But yeah, yeah, in, in different ways. This one, this one's way, way more cosmic with all that mm. <clears throat> cosmos imagery at the end. Limitless is grounded, if you want to say that. Okay, sure. I mean, it's not. It's it's mad, but it's <laughs> slightly more believably mad. Whereas this is just like she can melt herself and become a computer at the end. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you say it that way, it sounds fantastic. So. <laughs> Uh, let, let's let's knock that story out. Lucy is an American student in Taipei, Taiwan. Unfortunately, she has bad taste in men, and her new shady boyfriend Richard gets himself killed, and Lucy gets surgically implanted with the new drug CPH-4 by a South Korean mob. She, along with a few other unwitting victims, are to be drug mules to spread this drug around the globe. Lucy gets kicked in the stomach, though, and the drug enters her bloodstream. She begins to expand her mind and gain amazing mental abilities such as telekinesis, telepathy, things of that nature. She tries to track down the other drug mules to stop the spread of the drug, although she just manages to get all of them killed. As her mind expands, her body begins to deteriorate, and she seeks the help of scientist Samuel Norman to see what they can do about her condition. The South Korean mob is still on her trail, and she makes friends with a French policeman to try and stave them off. They all make a last stand into a museum where Lucy decides the only way that she can ride the wave is to have all of the drug put into her system. This turns her into some weird black oil supercomputer that takes out the mob, transcends reality, travels through all of space and time, and Lucy becomes everything. Sky of stars gravities interlinked, sky blossoms suck at a peak. Tracks in its desert sand paintings of destinies through one lifetime of endless infinities. Gauging the depths of ocean sounds, seeking echoes in the vast ocean trenches. Four dimensional information. Okay, so Scarlett Johansson, it's like she wasn't, she was kind of phoning it in at the start. Mm. And at that, that's the point where they told her to just stop acting. Don't right. act at all. No acting. Yeah, I, I I do like her, but yeah, it's it's almost like funny how little she's acting, she, <laughs> or is she acting really hard? I don't know. At the start, I mean, she wasn't doing anything mind blowing, but you you felt her emotions or whatever. Yeah. But then, yeah, she basically plays a Vulcan for ninety percent of this film, like <laughs> the second and third act. So yeah, one of those not fun Vulcans. One of those not not one of the laughing Vulcans we all love. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson's a weird actor because she comes across quite ditzy whenever I've seen her outside of like you know any interviews or anything right she always seems to play these super competent super characters but I never quite believe it from her <laughs> well you know what she is she's the she's the um 
actor in Lost in Translation, which she stars in, of course, and mm. she goes by the press conference, and there's right. the actor, actress, actor, whatever's PC. Anyway, there's the person there. That's her now, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, I see the movie. It's so cool. I mean, that's fine. Good for her, because I, I was an early adopter. I, I, I actually went to see Lost in Translation one, because I, I already kind of liked her, right? Mm. Uh, I, I think I first caught her on maybe, maybe Ghost World? Have you seen yep. Ghost World? That's a good one. Uh, no. I haven't. It might, you know, that's one that probably doesn't play well now. Okay. I feel like that's one that might be, like, cringy now. She is always good in stuff. She's a good actor. She's just... I think she's better when she's playing a more human character. Yeah, this is not in her top I five. don't buy her in this, and I don't really like her as Black Widow. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the Black Widow movie. I've just heard either, it's her but... falling off a building, so... <laughs> 90 minutes or two hours, two and a half hours or whatever of her falling off buildings. Yeah. So... There was a time I would have rushed out to see the new Marvel movie, and I like, haven't. It was yet. only on at awkward times, because I actually was planning to go see it. Oh, I didn't even look to see what times it was playing. It was on at, like, five and stuff if I wanted to see it in English, and it's like, I had to arrange my whole day around it. I used to go to movies, like, on Mondays, but now when I got a full Monday and I have access to the car, I'll just go off to the family house and mm. do countryside all day, which is probably better than going to a movie theater. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on the movie. I mean, yeah. I'm going to go and see Fast 9 this week, so that tells you where my priorities are. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I think I like... I like Scarlett Johansson more as, like, an actor-actor than trying to be really cool. She's not Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is good when he's playing these really stoic, smart characters, right? Right. Even, and, like, I, don't, I doubt Keanu Reeves is actually like that in real life. But just somehow he's got the vibe for it. <laughs> I don't quite think she's got that vibe. Yeah, and then Morgan Freeman, um, you know, well, you can't, I mean, he's Morgan Freeman, but I, what I did notice in this movie is later in, because he starts off doing his lecture, right? Mm. And then later in the movie, in the dialogue scenes, if the camera's not on him, it it's, always sounds like he's monologuing now. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Well, th this film really pushes that, like, you can give Morgan Freeman anything and he'll make it sound legit. <laughs> It really this this stretches that. <laughs> I, I have to I have to grab my note because there's that one line where he's still doing the lecture and he says um, something I, about evolution to revolution or whatever. Yeah, like he was just sweating bullets uh, when he said that because it was a class going to laugh at this or not. I'm like it wasn't even a joke. I don't get why they laughed. <laughs> That's why he's sweating bullets. Because <laughs> it rhymes, right? And it's yeah, like, it's like two different concepts. But yeah, his his whole role in this film is to say stuff that's really dumb and hope the fact that Morgan Freeman is saying it sells it. <laughs> it does to a certain extent. I can imagine that it, it did get past a few people who weren't paying a lot of attention, but... I mean, he's a phone book guy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he can read the phone book. Um, and then, uh, geez, I, I guess the, um, the cop is uh, one of... The, the French actors, right? Who I, I'll call the French Jude Law because I didn't, I've forgotten his name already. And, and I never actually looked up his name. Okay, but. okay, I, mean, I didn't do that either. But he really like he shows up quite late into the film. Doesn't really have much of a character. He gets the but whole then he gets like pool. he gets like the heroic rescue at the end, and he gets a kiss with her and stuff. And it's like, wait, was I meant to give a shit about this guy? Because I haven't been. Well, kisses from her mean nothing though. Yeah, yeah, but he's still, it feels like I'm meant to think he's, like, a big deal. But when he first appears in the film, it feels like he's going to be a very brief cameo role. Yeah, yeah, I thought And then he just hangs player. about, and I'm like, oh. Oh, so this guy's one of, he's, a, he's in this film, I guess? <laughs> it was really bizarre. <laughs> oh, he's here. Oh, he's he just kind of stuck here. around. Ah. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of stuck around. He was cool. Um, let's see who... I, I, I don't... 
Are you going his to character and... name was Pierre Del Rio, but his first name is all bloody consonants. How do you say that? It, okay, it's A-M-R. I guess you just say Amir. That sounds good to me. Amir Waqid, I'm okay. guessing. But... Okay. I'm not sure he's... Oh, he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a French dude. <laughs> and then you had... Um, Choi Min-sik as Mr. Jang, the bad he guy. sick. <laughs> Talk about, like, you know, we we love movies where villains have, like, kind of a noble cause or whatever. Yeah. This guy was just a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, first he's just a drug dealer. Then for some reason he just really wants them drugs back to the point that he'll fucking declare war on France. <laughs> Like, with his like 30 guys. I love to see where they're like near the end where they're outside in broad daylight just like oh putting their guns together. Like, Dude, you can't do that. I don't care what kind of mob you are. Someone's going to call you on that shit. Well, I, I they're going to have a gun battle with the police before they have a gun battle in the, uh, in the university. <laughs> with all of this stuff, I'm like, sure, you can hire some guys to stand around and look tough. But when you say to them, all right, we're going to France to shoot up a museum to kill this one girl. Like, could you really pay 30 guys enough money that they're not just going to turn around and say, fuck off? <laughs> like, I don't think this happens. <laughs> but, you know, these henchmen, they're good shots, too. Yeah, they were they're not stormtroopers. No. They, they, I mean, just they, five shots, it's all... I did like when... um. It's five shots to... I counted five shots to take out our, our crime boss at the end. Yeah. Which seemed a little excessive, but... Yeah, well, he's, he's the bad guy. You're supposed to hate him so much. Shot you guys shoot the shit out of him, yeah. I didn't... <laughs> that was a shot. Yeah, but... I didn't really hate him because I just felt like... I mean, she just stabbed him in both hands. He's gonna be pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah, she just stabbed him in both hands. And he's and rocking left and rolling. And alive. <laughs> and he's rocking and rolling later. He has got bandages on them for the rest of the film. Oh, okay, good But point. apparently he can still work guns, despite the fact that she presumably tore all his fucking tendons. <laughs> <laughs> well, she... Maybe she's a real good shot and she, yeah, went in between yeah. them. Yeah, She was there just go. going for the pain only, not... not she killed everyone else. Why the fuck did she kill Why him? Why didn't she leave this guy alive who she knew was going to come back for more? <laughs> I knew, think she was... Knew. Well, she was only, what, 30% at that point. Well, I also wonder, because at that point, her main goal is to get the rest of the drug, right? Mm -hmm. So I wonder if it was like, oh, well, he's my backup plan. Oh, what? He's going to chase me? If I was going to be charitable. No, but he would also try and gather up the drugs. Oh, right. Okay. If I was going to be charitable to this film's writers, <laughs> which I don't feel like doing. <laughs> um... Are we done with all the actors? Yeah, I mean, there, of course, there's many, many. There's other parts, pe there's people and there's scientists that just stand around and. Get but yeah, this is really times. a film where there basically aren't any characters. <laughs> oh, I guess we should talk about Richard at the start because you'd written in your notes like, "Well, this doesn't look like a trustworthy guy. <laughs> like, he's such a clear piece of shit. Why was she dating him in the first place? Because <laughs> she's young and dumb." I guess, yeah, that was the idea. Yeah. Actually, what you're saying there, I was thinking, like, maybe that is one of the reasons the first part of the movie got my attention, because it's, like, such a 
ridiculous version of the the expat journey <laughs> which we're both living yeah not in hong kong i don't know how things roll was there. it actually hong kong oh now that you're saying it that, that might not be right because um the bad guy and everyone is all korean they take korean through the whole film Oh. And there's definitely some Korean money in this film because every fucking piece of kit was Samsung. Now I feel like a racist <laughs> bastard. You, you know what? You well, might... the Netflix description says Taiwan. Oh, and when she's got the tickets, the tickets do say where they were. Oh, okay. It's, um, yeah, I'll see if how fast you can search that. The tickets from the well, movie. No, but it, I'm just going to look up where the... Where okay, Taiwan. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a Taipei thing. So that... Uh, you know what? I the, think it was. It said like Taipei to Berlin. Taipei the, tai, the Taipei Tower 101 is in it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I just... I guess Hong Kong's in the news so much. I got like... Oh, a, uh, every film seems to be Hong Kong recently. Yeah, so you see where I'd be like, oh, Hong Kong. Okay, Taipei sounds like a hit. Mm. Um, which I guess that's a few. I don't see that a lot in films. It's close to the, um, I guess, Tokyo expat experience. Yeah. You did Osaka, which would be similar, I guess. Yeah, but I was bouncing around hostels, so I was just dealing with people who speak English all the time. It seems Lucy actually was teaching English, though. That was she the impression was... I got. Well, she said she had to study it, so I think she was just a student. Oh, student, student. She okay. was a student. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. I don't, know, I don't know what she was studying in Taiwan, but. Chinese, maybe? Uh, cause, no, because it's a big twist when suddenly she can speak Chinese at the end. Well, she was a bad student. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I've been studying, in big air quotes, Japanese for three years. <laughs> <laughs> Some th I will say, because uh, she's got her, her roommate, um, and one thing I, I can definitely say, in Japan I've never had a roommate, so that's nice. Mm. Well, at least until I get married. That's not a roommate, though, that you got married. I've had place. housemates, but never quite roommates. Mm. Because um, when I was in Osaka, I was in like a share house for people who worked at that hostel. I once hooked up with a girl who had a roommate. It was kind of like weird. I mean, in, like in Japan. Sleeping in the same room? No. Okay. That was actually a nice, actually it was a nice flat they had there. Okay. For Japan. What made it weird? Just there was a roommate because uh, the company I worked for, everyone lived by themselves. Okay. And, and so there was roommates and, um, and she gave me a look when I came in. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> I know what this is all about. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 I, I, I spent two years as a proper scumbag. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, anyway, the, the expat thing. Uh, design, yeah, it seems like you are completely like whatever about the design. There's some design in like the effects and stuff, but even there it's very just like, like basic packaged CG stuff. I def yeah, I definitely didn't like all the um, oil black crap at the end. Like, if yep. this is like enlightenment juice, why does it look like death? Yeah. De I, I would have had like... I, 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 you, now that you've said that, I think oh, maybe that was a kind of like, she is in a certain sense dying. Yeah, I would have had like multicolored, like, you know, peacock um, wing displays. Yeah. That would have been cooler, I think. Well, I would have, I would have had way less of like a visual effect anyway. I would have... Oh! Fox. What? It's a fox. A fox? Yeah. Where? It's, it's right in the shadows now. You really can't see it. Oh, I saw a movement. Okay. Yeah, it's a freaking fox, dude. Well, hopefully we don't get eaten. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that We're going to get eaten yeah. by a fox. <laughs> Foxes might eat you. If you're dead already. <laughs> <laughs> well, just be prepared to suddenly fight a fox in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fox is not going to try anything. It's definitely more scared of us. That's going to be segment four. We fight the fox. <laughs> um, Skip ahead to this minute to get the fox fight. 
Um, where were we? Design, disturbing darkness. Oh, yeah, I was saying, what if Lucy was, like, splatooning everything? Which is, like, splunking a good, uh, weird black juice everywhere? How awesome. Swimming through it? That would have been cooler. Yeah. You don't, See, I know you can't disagree with me on that. There's not much that wouldn't have been cooler. <laughs> it wasn't very cool. <laughs> she melts into a puddle of black goo and then gives all of the, like, sum total of human knowledge to Morgan Freeman on a USB stick. What exactly is on that stick, by the way? And it, would it be comprehensible at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know what's on that USB? What? You gotta answer before I say what I'm thinking. Um... The time cube? Exactly. That's what's on the USB. <laughs> I knew you could answer that shit. It's a time cube on there. <laughs> and listeners, if you don't know what the time cube is, look it up. <laughs> Just search time. No one can tell you what the time cube is. You have to see it for yourself. <laughs> you can't even. The, the man who wrote about the time cube will be the first to tell you that we can't explain the time cube because we don't, we're idiots that don't understand. If you do want a nice quick history lesson on um, the time cube, though, QAnon Anonymous did recently do an episode on it. Yeah. And it was Dees. <laughs> okay. So, now, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to go listen to that one. <laughs> Might have been their premium episode, in which case. Oh, I'll just have to. You can't listen it. to it. Mm. <laughs> Yes, yes, these audio podcasts. Um, anything else with the design? I mean, I said Kalyan Scotty, which just, or, or there's several films like that. Um, so, again, you know what? That That is the reason that I kind of like this film because I, other films are um, Baraka. Mm. Um, there's uh, sequels to Kalyan Scotty, Paul Scotty, Nalkoikasi. There's um, Kronos. Sorry, all these are cool films. Samsara, they're all these wordless you know, documentaries with cool shit. I see. I, I like the idea of like it's cutting to the the animal instincts that she's relying on, and she does. It just it did it in such an unsubtle, uninteresting way. It's just like she's being hunted. Here's a leopard hunting a gazelle, and like that was it. That was the sum total of how clever it got. Well, yeah, you saw me write right in what what is my exact note on that? Something like, oh, so the so the documentary footage is a metaphor. Of course, writing that, you know, just like, yes, with with just the small sliver of sarcasm I have left living in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, because then, yeah, then we have like that montage of animals fucking. (laughs) Like, why? (laughs) I guess the weird thing is I I have a weird like for this movie, but I I can't defend it at all either. It's it's indefensible. See, because like you said, that stuff could be interesting. I just don't think it is here. <laughs> Maybe it's because I just think about... After the movie, I just, like, thought about that shit for a while. And I, mm. I've been thinking... I think about that shit all the time, so... Yeah. It's just kind of like a movie that actually, like, touches upon several of my weird thoughts, even if it does it in, like, a somewhat crappy way. Mm-hmm. It's like how if you see a biopic on someone you just love, it doesn't matter if it's kind of a shit biopic, you still yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so it's like a biopic on, like, weird thoughts I have. <laughs> We need a bloody, um... I've been in Japan for long, I've forgotten how to speak English. You also have been teaching insane amounts of lessons, as have I, so... Yeah, my brain is very broken. Incoherent today, yeah. The last two days... You need an autopsy on your weird ideas, is what I was going to (laughs) say. I don't even know what that joke means. (laughs) I don't know, it seems funny enough. (laughs) Evolution and revolution. 
There's a lot of change in one lifetime. Trusting yourself in humanity is the lifeline. All that's here comes to pass, all that was flowing turns to glass. Mirrors of time echo eternity, the covenant sets you free. Rainbow light fills the mind, the clear light of ancient tides. Digital raindrops tumble through and echo in the green labyrinth, sweetly rocks the gentle hyacinth. So, the design's not super interesting, I don't think it's the best action ever, but my main issue with this film is it starts from two premises which I just think are fundamentally wrong. Premise one. Um, the idea that we only use 10% of our brain and that we could be superhumans if we used the rest. <laughs> well, the problem is that's the, the multitasking, so. Yeah. Mm, okay, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think when I saw that movie, I, in, even in 2014, like, that was already, like, you, if you paid attention more than a headline, you would have worked that out for yourself. Yeah, I think a lot of people, because I hadn't seen this film until today and I'd heard that complaint, if you actually pay attention, the film isn't just using the rest of her brain. It's using the capacity of, like, linking up her brain in a different way and blah, blah, blah. But That's... the film still gives you that percentage thing as though it was just... Right. Because the idea is that, yes, she is being consciously aware of the parts of our brain which are subconscious. Okay. But I, it, I, that wouldn't actually be very good. Um, there's a thing at the Science Museum in London where you basically it's a little game you sit in and play where you have to keep a person alive by like manually controlling heartbeat, breathing, sweating to control temperature, <laughs> keeping the legs the right And it's like, oh yeah, I'm glad my brain does all of this shit for me and I don't have to like consciously be aware of it because that's just too much shit going on. <laughs> um, I, I think I can bring this up here because I, I brought it up a few times on the other podcast, but the I, what just a thought experiment, the idea that reality is flipping in and out between here and, you know, the, the beyond, like, you know, there is no, every, it's all like film images, right? Mm. Everything is actually still and we're flipping in and out, right? And making, living our life just as much in that trippy realm as here. And making the, that's where that sort of decision would be made. Like, I'm, we're recreating the whole universe together, and now my heart's going to be beating a little bit more. I mean, it's a very old argument that everything around us is just a shared illusion that we're all in. Mm. Because we only have our senses to go on. Right. And um, I don't fully understand it, but there's a thing in physics that what we perceive of as the physical world is kind of a hologram. Right. I mean, think about the space between, like, any particle, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing anywhere to speak of. Yeah, most most of the universe is empty. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point is we're sitting at a temple on a night where you can hear all this insect life. Uh, sorry if that bothers. It should, come on, it's nice. It's episode 105 or something. If they bothered them, they'd stop listening by now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and what was my point? I lost the point. Okay. <laughs> It's episode 105, I lose my points a lot. Um. <laughs> we, it, this was the perfect film to do when we're both in this melted brain, middle of summer school state. That's why I chose it to do right here, right now, man. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it would work out that way, so. <laughs> but, uh, oh yes, yes, the, uh, everything's an illusion. We're sitting at the temple, and um, even here, like, it's all empty space. To, so, you know, more or less. I mean, you, we see, like, wood, I'm knocking on wood for... For good luck. No, not for good luck. I'm just knocking on the wood. You hear the cars coming past, but there's really nothing here. Yeah. 
it's mostly just the space between electrons and neutrons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which just make the whole knocking weird. It's like, why does that work, you know? It's all like, what, le electric magnetic resistance, I guess? Yeah. Okay. Which makes the air around it shake, and eventually that shakes the thing in your ear. We're going to hit 100% by the end of this podcast, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a thing of, like, guy, like mountain aesthetics and meditation and stuff, you can learn to have more control over your automatic systems. You okay. can learn better control over your breathing, heart rate. Like, I think you've got better control over that stuff than me. I was about to say, have learned you realize I'm saying this exact spot now. Yeah. I sit here all the time. Uh, you're, uh, you know, you threw a snowball at me doing that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Which was kind of, I mean, I, that was fucking funny. Okay. <laughs> I'm not bitching you about it. But, um, like, especially recently, more and more, I've been sitting right in this, actually, I'm right here because I try to get right between the two trees. Okay. But, um, you know, it's my lunch break. And sometimes, like, holy shit, five hours just passed. I missed four classes. And I look, oh, it's actually it's exactly where it was supposed yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, you like, told me that many Where times. the fuck did I go? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that, that's the space. That's why this movie maybe interests me more than it should. <laughs> but that could be a little bit of the, um, the inception thing, right? That in your own thoughts, time moves differently. Yeah. Oh, it, that's that's the whole point, though. Yeah. And the thing is, when that happens, it's like, it was like, did I just enter? I, I feel like I entered a five-hour dreamless sleep, but like something like notable happened in it. <laughs> but I don't know what it was. I remember when I used to work awful shifts at a supermarket. One of the best feelings was when I'd wake up, there's like five minutes till my alarm, but somehow that five minutes of sleep felt like ages. Oh, yeah, yeah. I That's did. such a great feeling. Now that, that we're back happens. in summer school, I got to set my alarm. Same thing here. I set it for 658. Mm. If you want to put some numerology on that, go ahead. But I just, I intentionally put out a weird number so I notice the time more. Right. It goes off every five minutes. I usually get up by like 723. And yeah, some of those five minutes can become quite long. Though, those interested in lucid dreaming, uh, that's never been enough to manage that properly. Okay. You don't want to, you don't want a fucking alarm when you're having a lucid dream anyway. That would... <laughs> piss you the hell off <laughs> um, okay so premise number two yes that humans are the peak of evolution oh yeah that's pretty bullshit that's very like anthropocentric Christian western idea of the world this does at least throw out the dolphin idea that the dolphins might be have something that we don't well, aren't well, getting because it brings that idea up and I was immediately just like fuck off <laughs> and then I was like okay well let's give it a chance see if it's doing something interesting and then by the end of it, she does kind of reach enlightenment. But it never, like, and challenges... And brags about it. Yeah, it never challenges that idea that just, like, the whole history of evolution was to get to us now. Like, no, we're just part of a big network of life. Okay, now, now I am overlaying this movie to make it... Try and make it sound, like, way smarter than it is. But right. What if... What if... That... I wrote in my notes that lab actually is the source of creation. Mm. And Lucy actually turns out to be what you might want to refer to as God, and it splays out in all directions through time and space, meaning forward and backwards. Yeah. The, again, it's that's too smart for this movie, and Lucy's not my God, but I'm just saying in the... It did in kind of hint at that, because she did, like, step outside of time at the end there. Right. And she, like, at the start, they talked about us getting life, and she talks about it again. So that, you, that might be something they were trying to hint at, but... So, again, they, they could have pushed that or made it more suggested stronger, because I'm just extrapolating, but a cool sci-fi concept is that is the point of creation. Yeah. And it's just in the middle of uh, an everyday, you know, museum. Right. But, like, 
I don't like the idea, like that picture you often see of evolution, where it's like the chimp and it stands up a bit straight, a bit straight, a bit straight, and there's a guy at the end. That's not evolution. Evolution is just life adapting to fit all the different niches. And we just happened that, like Agent Smith said, we're a fucking virus that spreads where we shouldn't. But we're not automatically better than that fox we just saw. <laughs> right. What if, though, oh, no, the fox is just doing what it does and goes around and, you know, again, you look around at the trees. I mean, some trees have weird gnarls and some have a broken branch, and we don't judge any of them. They're just trees. Well, oh, it's got like, a broken branch. That tree is going to live, like, longer than you or I. Yeah, but someone sawed off a branch. It's like been maimed. Like if you saw gonna, a maimed human, you'd be like, you judge that person, you know? Whereas this tree, it's like, oh, there it is. And it's going to take in CO2 and put out oxygen. That tree is a better example of an organism than me or you is. <laughs> like it's do, it, I suspect that tree will live longer and have a better net positive impact on the earth than we will. <laughs> <laughs> but it's less interesting to talk to. Is it? You, I don't know, you could maybe... Uh, Matt, most what. of my conversations with you, I don't actually say anything. So you could have them with that tree. <laughs> I, I, okay, I, I might have had conversations with trees. But not that particular one. That one, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one, no. Oh, that one's got a pretty little skirt on, I can see why. Yeah, and, and it's got a nub you can sit on. Although okay. it gets pretty anty, so it, like, ants are all over. I've definitely had conversations with ants. Yeah, well, I don't want them crawling up my pants. <laughs> oh, man, I haven't told you. Um, you know, after the party a couple of weeks back, right? Uh, on the train home, there was a cicada up my jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I must you... have got it when I was lying on the grass and looking at the stars for that little while. Did you Did you hear it first? Or? No, I could feel something. I assumed it was like a bit of fluff, or whatever. I sort of tried picking it out, and it's just a big fucking cicada comes out. <laughs> and Matty tries to rescue it, but it was either playing dead or just we'd killed it because it got up my jeans. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, come on, in that case, you were the monster. I mean, I'm talking kaiju monster, right? <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. Not like an asshole monster. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good name for a movie, the asshole monster. <laughs> Is that Ben Affleck? No, it's Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> It's happening again. We've got to talk about the other Lucy. But the ape at the beginning and the end? Yeah. The really shit CG ape? Yeah. <laughs> Especially after we, on this very podcast, have interviewed the ape from 2001. Yeah, they should have hired him. It, that's That looked a lot better than this ape. <laughs> we should. Um, yes, the ape was definitely shit. At the beginning of the movie, I didn't notice, but the end, because it's like... It's, it's in on its face and stuff like, more as well, yeah. Fucking A, get an ape suit. I mean, um, fucking A, Sarsaparilla, who was on two weeks ago, get him. They, I can tell you why they do this. Okay. Uh, CGI artists are not union. Right. Makeup people and actors are. Uh, That's why in Marvel, most of the time, they just wear green screens. They don't even make them costumes anymore. <laughs> because they've got, a, you know, look after the people who sew costumes. They don't have to give a shit about the guys who paint CGI onto it. 
Robert Downey Jr.'s nipples. <laughs> so it's pretty fucked. And it looks really bad. There probably is a guy that's like, I'm just the nip guy. I just do the nips. <laughs> well, yeah, um, if there's a topless scene for a woman, they replace her nipples with a man's nipples so that it's not offensive. Are they hairy? That's not a true thing. <laughs> <laughs> People do that sometimes on like Instagram just to like take the piss out of the fact that you can show a man's nipples and not a woman's. <laughs> Were they hairy well, or they look the same? A woman can have a hairy nipple. No, I know, but I'm just saying like if you took like a... I mean, just know. the nip. I'm talking like... The, I'm not even talking areola. I'm just talking the nipple. Oh, okay. How many hairs you got on your nip? You're on a... <laughs> I can't... It's too dark. Were you, you're, are you counting by feel? I just, I see how hairy it feels, but... He's just feeling his nipple. <laughs> He's feeling his nipple, folks. <laughs> He's feeling his nip. The nip has been felt. <laughs> folks, this has been a nip fest. <laughs> this is the most nipply episode ever. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> yeah, um... So, yeah, I mean, you know, no one liked this in the first place, so it didn't hold up to start with. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to say I regret watching it, though. Like, it's stupid as hell. <laughs> but it people is at are least stupid. different. <laughs> I guess that's why it was different and it hit several strains of different that, you know, rock through my mind. For having only seen, like, <clears throat> trailers and the internet reaction... I'd assumed it was going to be way more the case, like, she gets the drug, then she spends, like, an hour just doing kung fu and shooting people. <laughs> and then something weird happens at the end. But it's mostly not an action film. Yeah, it's like... It's only really one weird. or two gunfights before it gets to the point where she can just telepathically lift them all up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, she, she has the powers of super Jesus, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. It gets very quickly to, like... It doesn't matter how much power she has because you already know it, it's a given in the movie that the power she has is going to defuse any situation. Yeah. At least that she's like in presence for. Because the, the film only spends about five minutes on what Limitless spends its whole film on. And then she just gets every X-Men power and yeah, basically becomes God by the end. <laughs> that was not really what I was expecting having not heard much about this film. This is probably the first movie since the time machine that really wants to rock you through time in a comfortable chair yeah i like that i did like her zipping back and forth through time and space oh no i love the ending because people are like the ending's incomprehensible no the ending's cool i mean I, that... it was a very comprehensible people just like to say that about oh, okay shit. <laughs> you know time space shit cgi apes I th I, the thing is i think this film is only one or two rewrites away from being a lot better yeah, because I mean, it, I it almost it isn't about using the other percent of your brain. They just need to cut all reference to that out. Because <laughs> that's not really what it's about, but they still have the percentage ticker. And they still have... Um, Samuel... Not Samuel... <laughs> that's really racist. <laughs> Morgan Freeman's speech about it. <laughs> Is it cut or no cut? <laughs> I think that might be cut. <laughs> you tell me later if I'm cutting that, because it's also slightly... Samuel Jackson is that guy. That that would have been fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we should actually... I'm keeping it. We need to consider that Samuel Jackson as a... Just like... Think of that lecture. Where he's just railing the people. <laughs> Evolution versus revolution. That would have been way cooler. How much percent of your brain are you using, motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think you just hit on it. 
genius. Uh, <laughs> it should have been Samuel Jackson. And, and also, let's face it, you've seen Samuel Jackson on screen with Scarlett Johansson so many times that... That might be why he was in my brain, let's say that. Yeah, let's, let's say that, because <laughs> that's an interesting thought, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what I was saying. Right, yeah, because if they cut out him mentioning using the rest of your brain, and they cut out the bit where it comes up on screen with a percentage, and just said it is about she's expanding human potential, then the film loses that whole big critique. Right. And now, and then it, if now you just, it's 80 minutes long. <laughs> and then, yeah, but then you give those 10 minutes back to actually exploring the concept of, like, enlightenment and connectedness instead of just, like, yeah, humans are the best and now we're even better. Or just trippy shit at the end. That'd be cool, too. Hey, what if you did give this drug, this blue drug thing to, like, like a pig? It would... I, well, according to this film's logic, it would grow into a person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Could it turn into... What if it turned into... Uh, was it uh, Bebop or was it... Bebop and Rocksteady? That would be cool. I can't remember which one was the pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that, that drug is just the ooze. <laughs> that, so this should, what you're saying is this should have been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Every movie. Every film should have been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I could, I could, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, imagine if it was, but they didn't tell you. And but you get, like, 30 minutes in, and then just, like, Michelangelo shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, fuck yes. And then it turns out that Lucy's just April O'Neil's pseudonym for a story. No, Lucy's just Venus de Milo, <laughs> that female Ninja Turtle from that TV series from the 90s. <laughs> oh, like, she actually turns into a turtle, and turtles turn out to be, like, the ultimate... The expression of life. Turtles use 110% of their brains. <laughs> they can't do that. There's no more than 100. Well, they use 50 because their hero's in a half brain. Come on, man. Give give 110% of your effort. <laughs> what if you jerk off, you get magical powers? <laughs> well, apparently if you don't jerk off, that's how you get to use 100% of your brain. Uh. You listen to the no-fat reddits. <laughs> <laughs> that's no fun. <laughs> I will if you jerk off all the time, you turn into a big black ooze. <laughs> all that's left of you is a USB stick full of porn. <laughs> I, okay, fuck the time crew. I hope that just turned out to be like the complete contents of porn. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that should have been like the post-credits scene with Morgan Freeman like putting it in. <laughs> just put, you, don't, you don't see the screen, you see him put it in like a, an awed face. And pants come down, he gets to work. <laughs> we should have gotten to take one more draft on this movie and <laughs> just make it, like, fantastic. <laughs> so, you know, um, folks out there in Hollywood, if you need us to, you know, work on the next draft of your movie and make it fantastic... But you're make like, sure you hire us in August when we're just loopy. <laughs> you're like, what, Godzilla is an invictor? Victorian England? Hell, he is now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if people do want to go down that, that trip, where do they where do they contact us for this rewrite? You can find us on Twitter at MLSFSpod. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That's the same thing. Uh, Spotify. Or just... Um, we'll hand you the episodes of the podcast on a USB stick from a black ooze. You're going to rickroll them, aren't you? If anyone asks me to give them the podcast on a USB stick, I probably would rickroll them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so those of you that have been rickrolled by Luke, 
USB style? What, what should they do? <laughs> Sounds like a way to like execute people rolling it USB style. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Two people were rickrolled USB style in downtown LA yesterday. <laughs> Rampage Soylent Green <laughs>